listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. Bachelor and Bachelorette are kind of like Dancing with the Stars. Don't they have like four seasons per year? Yeah. I think it's been on for like 30 seasons. Every six weeks, there's a new one. And I've seen a couple of them. Oh, I mean, uh, there's four seasons a year. Good point. Um, it used to be a TV season was once a year, but they're going more with the like this. There's a fall, winter, summer, spring. There are four seasons. You ought to call it a cycle. Yeah. Uh, I've watched The Bachelor or The Bachelorette a couple of different times over the years. Every time I've gotten into it, I found it very entertaining in a very, I don't know, like eating potato chips sort of way. Mm. Um, Do you watch it somewhat ironically or because you really wonder which one Oh, we'll no, end up with the lover. I don't know if I'm watching it ironically, but I don't. I certainly have never cared which one ends up with who. But it's just, they're all just so depraved. They're also <laughs> such depraved human beings, and I think they're exactly what they're they're portrayed as on the shows. I've always had that question: what percentage of people are watching it sincerely, and what kind of to, to mock? They're super pretty people that. Uh, you know, all think they should be celebrities of some sort. Mm. They're all hoping to become famous. They all think they, they, they've they all, you know, got so much of their life attached to how hot they are. Yeah. <clears throat> so there's uh, there's some hating of them that goes on by the average looking person there. I think. Excellent. Okay. So we, do, we currently have a bachelor, so which means there's a dude and a whole bunch of hot chicks trying to win his love, I guess. And who are we going to hear from here? It doesn't make any difference. Let's just All hear. my friends are white. My yeah. school is white. Yeah. And I didn't even feel comfortable like leaving my house without my hair being straight. Like there were times I just had so much, like so much anxiety and stress about like what people were gonna think. It's definitely a unique experience that black women have with their hair. Yeah, but, I can't imagine. Yeah, it's it's a lot. So when I finally decided to shave it, it was like such an emotionally like freeing experience. So the Bachelor's black for the first time ever. I think is the, the Bachelorette. Or the batch, the ba- it's the Bachelor this season. Okay, and yeah. I believe the Bachelor's black for the first time. Correct. Yeah. Oh, which is a big deal, and that must have been a black batch, uh, a woman trying yeah. to win his love. Um, I, so, I'm surprised that they've gone this long with only white dudes. But um, I wonder if they're having to go through some. It's like having a kid on a sitcom. They're having to go through some no, finding I think new ways to hook people. Diversity training. Gotcha. We need a bachelor that looks more like America. Yeah, well, that's fine. I don't. I don't. Think. That would be fat and middle aged, by the yeah, way. Yeah, no kidding. Nobody, none of these chicks would be interested. In. Go on. Well, he's on TV. They absolutely would be interested. <laughs> Good in. point. I'm constantly thinking about like my students uh-huh. and what kind of year it is with the pandemic and everything at George Floyd in Minnesota this past spring. Yeah. It was very close to home, and so it's been a a really difficult year for my students, especially my students of color, and wanting to make sure that I can be there for them. Oh, boy. Well, both those clips were, like, relevant, interesting, and non-stupid. Yeah, I don't want relevant. That's not what I was ready for. If I'm sitting down to watch The Bachelor and Bachelorette, I do not want to hear about race relations. I don't want George to hear George Floyd, Floyd That's, mentioned. Wow. That's not what you come to The Bachelor for. You come to The Bachelor for she's complaining because one of the Madisons is a whore. <laughs> and you shouldn't date her. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's why you're watching the show. <laughs> you know, I was just reading, and we'll probably talk about it on the show tomorrow. Uh, some uh, one of our beloved listeners who works for a chain of gas stations, which will, uh, well, convenience stores really, which will remain unnamed for now. Uh, they got the full on. You got to take this woke diversity education thing. 
And it's just everywhere. I think everywhere connected with in whether corporate America or especially the entertainment business, they can't not do this. They have to show their their woke feathers. Well, they, including the bachelor. They can not do this. They'd be fine. They don't think they, they don't know right. they'd be fine. Hershey's candy bar doesn't know that if they just made candy bars and never mentioned any of this, they'd be perfectly fine. They think that they need to make a statement or they'll be in trouble somehow. I don't, I don't know how they come to that conclusion. One more of these. So I just really didn't like when you shut me down during group conversation. And I feel like you've done that on multiple occasions. Are you talking about today when you were tra- calling Sarah names? When I said the trash took itself out? I just would love an apology because you're not going to get an apology. You told me to stop when I wasn't done expressing myself. Expressing yourself and name calling are two different things. Oh, boy. Um, well, I can thing. do whatever I want. <laughs> and I can express myself with name calling when I choose to. See? They she knows. sound like <laughs> them doing me doing them. But yeah, it does sound like an impersonation of someone who up talks. Sean, you'd make a good bachelor where you just say things like that. Uh, it's actually it could be the exact same thing. <laughs> he yeah. just makes sarcastic comments about the stupid things I'm saying. <laughs> sorry, I, sorry, I missed our hot tub date last night. I got on a really good session of League of Legends on the computer. Uh, my, my rank has never been higher. I hope you understand. I just think it's rude that you would break a date with me when we had made a date and you broke it. I don't know what kind of agreement they make with the show before they sign the contract. I, I think they're all so desperate to get on. We will humiliate you, but put you on TV. Where do I sign? <laughs> yeah, they're well, they're all, like I said, they're all hot. And so all of them, the dudes and the women, they not only know they're hot, they in their mind, having been the hottest person in the room most of their lives, they think they stand out among any crowd as being hot. And I will automatically be the star of this show. Right. And this is going to change my life forever. People, I will be a household name. I'll have my own spinoff show. I'll have my own line of, you know, jewelry or footwear or whatever your whole thing is. That, mm-hmm. Because they're, they're used to that sort of thing. So I, I don't think you have to get them. I don't think it's very hard because it's always been amazing to me that there's never anybody going to say this. I've, I've known you for like 11 hours. <laughs> I can't look in your eyes and pledge my love to you. And say we're going to have babies together. That would be moronic. And really devalue real family relationships (laughs) in a way I find repugnant. (laughs) I don't believe those words have ever been spoken. So I don't know if they tell them they can't say that or if they just go along with it because I'm the hottest person here. It's obvious to anyone and I'm going to be a celebrity out of this. They they all know the table stakes before they start playing the game. It's like going to the Renaissance Fair and not calling the bathroom the privy or the loo or what. You know, you you, you start speaking in doth, those, and thous and everybody's (laughs) just in the game. We're all just playing the game. So if you're a well, for all of them, they're all hoping to become like uh, um, uh, influencers, right? There's money in that. But I got to believe a fair number of the women are hoping some NBA player or baseball player or something will see them and well, start d- 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 direct messaging them on the Twitter. And next thing you know, you're dating um, Aaron Rodgers or Rob whatever. Gronkowski. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, there are a couple of publications, the Daily Mail springs to mind and the New York Post, that do both real news and like hottie pictures a lot. And so uh I'm I I see it a fair amount that uh reality star such and such caught in barely there bikini. Um and this person was on something like the Bachelorette or one of your real housewives of what's it's um and then from there they try to build an internet brand, an Instagram brand, the rest of it. God, that's gotta be competitive. Oh, yeah. And your window is so small. With very unique exceptions, you're out of the game when you're 25. So 
Right. Your, your window of opportunity is, is pretty pretty small. What if that's your only talent? Yeah. Um, it, it does seem pretty obvious that for some of these people, if you do somehow stand out, and it's got to be a personality thing because once you get to a certain level of attractiveness, there's just it's all the same, right? right. Isn't it? Sure. Um, if you date a celebrity, and it's a big enough celebrity that like your name is mentioned with that celebrity's name all the time in tabloids, then you start when when you inevitably break up, you start dating other celebrities. It's weird because you've become like part of that crowd. I see this happen mm-hmm. with some of these people where they were dating this movie star. Now they're d- d- dating this basketball player. Right. And they're no better looking than the girl at the no. bookshop in, no. in your town. No. Right. Weird. Weird, 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 weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I have no idea what those people think. I wish you could have an on, on a really super honest conversation with some of them. No, I realize I'm not going to have any love, and this is all very shallow, but I think I can make X number of dollars before I'm 25, and then then I'll meet a nice guy and settle down. Or I don't know what their plan is. Or do they actually believe they're going to meet an NBA player, get married, stay married forever, and have three kids? I don't don't have any idea. I I don't know. If I were uh, the attorney for one of these uh, hotties, or maybe they're uh, capable of expressing it themselves, they might say to me, you've spent a great portion of your life watching young men whose only skill is they can throw a baseball really hard and make it curve a little bit back and forth. Uh, my talent is I'm super physically attractive. I have a skinny waist, I have large breasts, and a shapely bottom. Is that somehow less significant than hurling a baseball at high velocity? It's a decent argument. It takes a lot of work to be a baseball player. It takes a lot of work to stay in shape. You gotta be, it's mostly genetics, but it's... There are a lot of genetics in the baseball. Thing. There are way more hot people at that level than there are athletes at that level. Not even close. And I don't think you it can takes... go to the mall and there will be ten women that hot at the mall. There will not be ten major league baseball players. No, and it, it takes a great deal of mental discipline uh, to be a winning baseball player as well. I don't know how much mental discipline it takes to have big boobs. Of course, I don't have them, so I don't know. I've met a lot of pro baseball players. Not a lot of mental discipline. No, well, it's it's it's, it's specialized. Did yeah. you say boobs or moobs? Because you know what, you can f off, Michael. <laughs> You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. I have an idea where this is going. I um, I mentioned this story to my kids yesterday. Hey, did you hear this weird thing that, you know, you've heard about how people lose their sense of smell. Some people do when they get the COVID. Now, some people, even a smaller group, things that normally smell good smell bad. And I used some of the examples you threw out of, uh, you know, like a flower smell like. Uh, rotting meat or whatever. Mm-hmm. And what's mm-hmm. the first question my nine-year-old has? Tell me. Well, then, same do, one you had. Yeah. Well, then, do bad things smell good? It was the first question he had. Same question I had. Mm. Yeah. That's Although funny. he said he said I like bad smells, so I don't know what to do for me. He said I love the smell of my own stinky feet. <laughs> what a nine-year-old boy thing to say! <laughs> wow. Wow. <clears throat> well, we talked about that syndrome and asked if anybody has dealt with it, and we got this note uh, from uh, Kim. 
who actually uh, says some really nice stuff about uh, she and her husband listening, her and her husband listening to the show, and he's uh, he proudly wears his stupid should hurt T-shirt and almost always gets comments. So that's nice, a really nice note. But uh, she said, "I had COVID March 2020. I got it again in December 2020." Again, that's interesting. I don't think that's proven, but uh, anyway, she had the vid. Second time, I lost my taste and smell for about a week. Gradually came back, and for a couple of months, it was normal except for coffee and chocolate. Coffee and chocolate smelled and tasted horrible. A few weeks ago, my taste and smell changed again. Now I always have this funky garbage smell in my brain. You. You know those plants that smell like garbage when they bloom? That's the closest thing that compares to what I smell every second of every day. Wow. How horrible is that? I suppose, you know, after a while you get used to it, but some or days are I, better than I, others. I guess. I suppose you would. Well, she says, but it never goes away. I've cried myself to sleep on several occasions due to the horrible smell in my brain. I say in my brain because I'm not smelling something specific. It's just there. Okay, so that, because I said yesterday, well, you'd have, just have to plug your nose, put a clothespin on your nose. But if it's, if, it's, if it's that way, it sounds like it's in your brain. It's got nothing to do with taking in air through your nose. Exactly. She has tried everything she can think of. Nothing helps. It's neurological. Oh, hmm. uh, let's what see. What a weird thing to come out of a disease. How frustrating, too. Yeah, she wanted to say, I can't think of any bad smells that smell better now, as long as you asked. It's mostly no smell at all or funky garbage smells. List of some specific smells or tastes. Sweet tastes good. Cookies, ice cream, fruit, etc. Not okay. good for the waistline. I've never had a sweet tooth, but now I can eat a, a row of cookies like it's nothing. She keeps her cookies in rows, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer the piling method. She says salt. Anything with any salt tastes so salty I can't stand it. Oh, interesting. Something that's lightly salted tastes like a spoonful of salt. Oh, I hate oversalted. That's one of my least favorite flavors. Poo? No Why is smell. she eating poo? No, no, this is smells as oh, well as we've taste. moved on. Okay. Poo is no smell. When I eat poo, it tastes like chocolate. <laughs> it's a sickener. That is a sickener. Rose There's rose no of poo. Her crap doesn't stink. <laughs> this is who they were talking you about. You really think your doesn't stink? Yeah, it doesn't, actually. I uh, and, and, and Kim, forgive us for uh, making light, but uh, pee, on the other hand, smells awful. Yeah. Onions, no smell or taste. I can cut them up without tearing up. Coffee, bad, funky smell and taste. I love coffee and can't start my days without it. I've started to put cinnamon in it. It's the only way to cover up the funk of the coffee smell. Chocolate, terrible. Veggies, uh, some. Being repulsed by chocolate, I would like uh, to keep it out of my life. But uh, coffee would be a tough one. Body odor, no smell. Flowers, nothing. My dog, nothing. Candles, nothing. Most sauces smell so awful they make me gag. I don't get hungry or crave food anymore. My husband and I would consider ourselves foodies. Now I barely want to eat. Sometimes I won't eat until my body body gets jittery from lack of food. Wow, that's crazy. And then uh, she also says she's one of those long haulers who has symptoms for a, long, a very, very long time. Um, fatigue. Can't work out more than 20 minutes before I could walk miles and do a 90-minute yoga session. Muscle weakness. I randomly will have to sit down. My leg muscles aren't working. 
Doesn't uh, I, I have no idea what I'm talking about here, but doesn't these like really weird aspects of this disease make it seem to you like it's more likely it was created in a lab by humans than naturally occurring? I mean, some of these yeah. just really weird things that you've never heard of before. I would I would think that except for your uh, description of pans, panda, as it's sometimes known, where like a strep infection uh, gets into deep into a kid's brain and can affect them in terrible ways yeah. for a long time. And so I'm I'm just thinking it was funny. I had that model in my head when people started to talk about the neurological effects of this. And I thought, oh, yeah, OK, so it's similar mm. to that. Yeah, true. Um, I don't I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, and then brain fog comes on randomly, and it feels like I'm high, but not the good way. My husband will catch me staring off. I'll be doing dishes and forget what I'm doing. Oh. I'll put things in odd places. I can't finish sentences. Brain fog usually lasts half a day. Well, that would be like that would be a career ender for me. So you know, that's a that's a major thing. I've heard a rumor that people with these lingering side effects find sweet relief once they get vaccinated. I'm hoping that this is true. Yeah, there is some uh, data out there showing that. People that are long haulers get the vaccine, even though they've had it, and it go these bad things go away, which would be awesome. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. God, I hope that's true for Kim's sake. She signs off Kim and SoCal, nurse, wife, mother, or a daughter, and mother of a pug. That sounds like an insult you throw at somebody <laughs> in the old country. You mother of a pug! It sounds like something Simon Bolivar would have said to someone, yes. <laughs> Wow. That mother of you a pug. Steal, you steal grapes from my field, you mother of a pug. <laughs> you son of a whore and mother of a pug. Armstrong and Getty. If your house is 10 years old or older, pretty good chance your windows are kind of cheap and junky and worn out. And you need to call our friends at Northwest Exteriors, especially now. Northwest is offering a deal you will never see again. No, you won't. Up to $5,000 off your labor? Wow. You see, they got stimulus money from the CARES Act at Northwest Exteriors and decided, you know, we want to stay in business. We want to keep our employees paid. We want you to be able to continue to get things done. So we're passing this along to you. Up to $5,000 off the labor with this stimulus money on your windows from Northwest Exteriors. The windows are beautiful, they're energy efficient, they'll save you money, they'll raise the value of your home, and in terms of the workmanship, I am one of the over 50,000 satisfied customers of Northwest Exteriors. Tom Orr and the crew, they do great, great work. Yeah, it makes your home look great, increases the value, and man, you're never going to get a deal like this, saving up to $5,000 off the labor. No pressure estimate, 888-TRUST-NW, that's 888-TRUST-NW, or go to TrustNorthwest.com. These guys are... Listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere podcasts are given away because we're stupid. We're talking about the 13 most unintentionally creepy love songs ever written. Uh, again, unintentionally creepy, not songs that are specifically intended to be shocking. Most love songs are creepy in some manner. They're either like you're super codependent, like. Yes. Just sadly codependent. Right, right. Or you have fallen in love way too fast to be healthy. <laughs> Some of the songs. Yeah. Or um, um, or you're a stalker. You're clearly a stalker. There, then there's also the phenomenon that, and nobody cared at the time, there were love songs that specifically cited the girl's age as 16 or 17 oh, or whatever. Yeah. 
and it was about teenage love, so it was okay, but it was sung by adults, yeah, which is a little R. Kelly-ish for me, you know. But just in retrospect, but and then there's one more angle. Just gave myself a paper cut, son of a. Oh, put some lemon and salt on it on your eye. It'll heal right (laughs) on your eye, right on my eye. (laughs) (laughs) The worst place. (laughs) Um, what's the other thing with the songs? The 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 codependents, the stalking. Yeah, the uh, the, they're too young. I had another one. I don't know. It was a good one, though. I'll hang on to it. It'll come back to me. Lazy rhyming? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so you hear your unintentionally creepy love songs. This one's a legend in the, the genre, The Police, Every Breath You Take. Uh, even Sting said it, it came out creepier than he'd anticipated. Yeah. Um, it is, It is. yeah, every breath you take, every move you make, every bond you break, every step you take, I'll be watching you. Is that is that stalkery? If it isn't, what is? That's a good tune, though. Oh, it is. It's fabulous. Oh, can't you see you belong to me? Please. Possessiveness? <laughs> the I've always been disturbed by this song. The oh. Beatles, Run for Your Life. Yes? I thought of the, my other angle here. Yes. Um, the recent trend toward uh, girls singing, I'm going to, like, kill you or destroy your car or, or whatever. Or I'm going to shoot, you know. Oh, oh, yeah. That that thing, which yeah. is really interesting. I don't listen to a lot of modern country, and I guess that's kind of big in country. Kind of break up revenge <laughs> anthems. Yeah, yeah. Break up revenge anthems that include violence, either toward people or things. Yeah. Um. Wow. Where did that come from? Not cool. Now, there were wife shooting songs in country music forever. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, it's pretty amazing that they're as successful as they are. Uh, but this whole, you broke up with me, so I'm going to kill you or slash your tires or whatever. Witness the Beatles, Run for Your Life, 1965. I'd rather see you dead, little girl, than to be with another man. You better keep your head, little girl, or you won't know where I am. Uh, how did that become a thing? In which John Lennon claims to love a girl so much that he threatens to murder her. Not only is that scary and possessive, it's not love. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Weezer Across the Sea. I probably know the song, but I, I've never paid attention to the lyrics. Um, here's your, your creepiest lyric. They don't make stationery like this where I'm from, so fragile, so refined. So I sniff and I lick your envelope and fall to pieces every time. I wonder what clothes you wear to school. I wonder how you decorate your room. I wonder how you touch yourself and curse myself for being across the sea. That's, that's somewhat creepy. Wow. I wonder what you're wearing today. I guess it's the school reference makes it weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's 26 when he sang this. He famously wrote this track after receiving a fan letter from an 18-year-old girl in Japan. Um, But in fiction, you get to be a bad person, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it was a revelation to me when it finally clicked into my head. That songwriters write as characters. It's, sure. it's creative writing. It's fiction. Mick Jagger is not a rapist, but take... he wrote, uh, uh, what do you call it? How did that flit out of my head? Because I'm old. A lot of people take songs. Midnight Rambler. They, they don't take songs the same way they take fiction, though. Nobody, nobody reads a Stephen King book and thinks, oh my God, he's an axe murderer. Right. No. Right. But with songs, we assume that the person singing it, that's their story. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. I, I heard uh, Alex Cooper's No More Mr. Nice Guy the other day. And it's actually a very funny song. But it's all about how, you know, because his stage show, which is just so quaint by today's standards, was considered shocking in the 70s. He was, uh, you're sick, you're obscene, which is the line from the song, too. Um, and it's just so funny and quaint now. 
But <clears throat> in the last verse, he goes to church and the priest punches him in the face. <laughs> Hey, and that said, sounds like a no more Mr. Nice Guy, no more Mr. Clean. George Michael, father figure. I will be your father figure. Put your tiny hand in mine. I will be your preacher teacher. Anything you have in mind, baby. Yeah, that's, that's creepy. I played that song a million times as a disc jockey. Never thought about it, but that is very creepy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Crystals, he hit me and it felt like a kiss oh. from 1962. Ah, what the no. hell? Yeah, I remember we used to play that song when we were oldies DJs a hundred years ago. Um, he hit me and it felt like a kiss. He hit me and I knew he loved me. That's terrible. The message of this girl group hit is one we frequently hear rattled off as an excuse for domestic abusers. He's only violent because he loves me so much. No, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Oh, does it's it, terrible. Does and, that song still get played on oldies songs? And it was produced, I don't know if it was written, but produced by Phil Spector, who has oh. a long history of abusing women. Shot his girlfriend to death and went to prison. Oh, yeah, yeah. For instance. So, I'm sorry, what what did you ask? Do they still play that on country or, uh, oldies radio? I doubt it. God, I wouldn't think so. That's that's. Brutal. I never even yeah. heard of the group. So yeah, well, they were a huge group. Are they okay? Well, yeah, it was the song was a hit in nineteen sixty two. Right. So it's, yeah. So I haven't heard it on. I listen to oldies stuff. Maybe that context would have helped. Yeah, it's a little obscure. Yeah, uh, garbage. Number one crush from nineteen ninety five. Um, that's eh, just this one's not that interesting. Uh, the Bee Gees' Nights on Broadway, 1975, which I have cited as perhaps my favorite song of all time. It's certainly in the top 25. Oh, man, a misogynist. Um, let's canceled. Yeah, you're canceled. Canceled! Well, I had to follow you, though you did not want me to, but that won't stop my loving you. I can't stay away. A word of advice for all men. If a woman rejects you, take the L and leave her alone. Uh... Do not stalk. Yeah, it's a stalking song. It's an I'm obsessed with you song. Ringo Starr, you're 16, you're beautiful, and you're mine. You're all ribbons and curls. Who would a girl? Eyes that sparkle and shine. You're 16, you're beautiful, and you're See, mine. all those 16 songs, which were very popular, you wouldn't say that if you're 16. Would you? When you're 16 and you're dating a 16-year-old, do you make a big deal out of the fact that they're 16? No. I think you make a big deal out of the fact that they're 16 when you're older. Yes. Johnny Burnett had a hit with the song when he wrote it at age 26. Creepier still, Ringo Starr had a hit as a 33-year-old. Cavorting with a young Carrie Fisher in the music video. It's very creepy. I don't believe I've ever seen that. It is creepy. Uh, Nirvana, Drain You. Of course, Kurt Cobain was was dark and crazy, but Chew My Meat for You, Pass It Back and Forth in a Passionate Kiss. From My Mouth to Yours. What? (laughs) From My Mouth to Yours. What is she, toothless? <laughs> dating a bird? You're dating a girl with just gums? Uh, I don't know. It's real love. It's true love. Right. I've got this meat's so chewy. I got it for you. I have no legs. She carries me around. It's, it's, it's teamwork. People want the beef. Uh, Leona Lewis, Bleeding Love. It's a mega hit. I, I don't know the song. Do you? Unfamiliar. Creepiest lyrics, but I don't care what they say. I'm in love with you. They try to pull me away, but they don't know the truth. My heart's crippled by the vein that I keep on closing. You cut me open, and I keep bleeding. Keep, keep bleeding love. <sighs> the hell, that's a disgusting metaphor. Ben Folds, The Luckiest from 2001. What if I'd been born 50 years before you in a house on a street where you lived? Maybe I'd be outside as you passed on your bike. Would I know? 
I'm the luckiest one. That song? Has that lyric in it's it? It's an odd thing to ruminate on, hmm. but... Would he as a 60-something man still recognize her, a child, as his soulmate? Yikes, what a question. <laughs> uh, let's see. Clay Aiken, Invisible. If I was invisible, then I could just watch you in your room. If I was invisible, I'd make you mine tonight. That sounds oh, like invisible man rape. That's terrible. Yeah. Clay? That's oh. why Ruben stuttered one. That is why Ruben stuttered yeah. one. Too creepy, Clay. Paul Anka, You're Having My Baby, another classic of the genre. Um, that was my ringtone when uh, Laura was pregnant with Sam. Every time she called me, you're having my baby. What a wonderful way to show how much you love me. The creepiest lyric, according to this article, you're a woman in love and I love what's going through you. The need inside you. I see it showing. Oh, the seed inside you. Baby, do you feel it growing? Oh, it's one of your more uh, explicitly pregnancy related songs. They don't like the way they keep saying having my baby instead of our baby. Uh, but even putting that aside, this one's still undeniably off-putting. I mean, the seed inside you? That's There's got to be a less embarrassing way to describe how excited you are to be a dad. That's a little more <laughs> biology class film strip than I want out of the, the yeah. baby discussion. No kidding. <laughs> I had a different line in mind, but I couldn't find a rhyme for inseminate. Oh, God. <laughs> You're so effeminate. That's what made me want to inseminate. No? No? What's wrong with that line? I think it's a good line. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. How do I wear men's rings without looking like a try-hard douchebag? <laughs> the streets are asking. <laughs> wow, I, yeah. I, at one time, I, I I thought it might be good to have a ring, not my wedding ring, a different ring. And uh, which but hand? What finger? Dushy. I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. The thumb ring. Women like the thumb ring. Do they? They do. Oh yeah, a lot of women wear the thumb ring. Uh, oh, on them, not on me. Yeah. No, 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 not on men. Right. Okay. No, I don't think. Well, we're talking about me. I don't think I'm women man, like maybe. men in thumb rings. Yeah. Um, toe ring. You gonna go with the toe ring? No. Oh, when you're wearing sandals. Yeah. I like the. Uh, the story Todd Snyder, the uh, folk singer, tells about running into Slash in a bar. And Slash is wearing like six or seven bracelets on each wrist. He's wearing uh, anklets. And he's also wearing the... Uh, Wastelets. Wastelets. <laughs> the only example Todd Snyder had ever seen of the wastelet. He had like chains around his waist, like necklaces. They're the only two people in the bar. It's early in the day. He's looking over at Slash and he's thinking, do I ask him? Where do you even get wastelets? <laughs> <laughs> but... He doesn't ask Slash that, and I remember from the book, Slash heads out of the bar and uh, says, take it easy, and Todd Snyder said, and I did, and I still am. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thanks for the sentiment, Slash. (laughs) Uh, The Olympics are supposed to be this summer in Japan. I almost hate to talk about this summer because I have this uh, kind of realization that's just been hitting me in the last couple of days that things aren't going to be going on this summer also. And while it doesn't bother me, you know, I'm not happy about it, but it doesn't bother me that much. I hate for my kids that we might not be doing stuff again this summer. I mean, because last summer, no state fair, no big trips, no, you know, anything or crowd, no summer camps, all the different things we didn't do. 
We're going to do the, we had to cancel Cousin Christmas. We're going to do that in the summer. I'm starting to think that none of that summertime stuff's going to happen either. You know, my only uh, argument with that would be that, number one, the science on kids spreading as spreaders getting sick is pretty solid at this point, and I think more kid-friendly stuff will happen. And secondly, a lot of the idiotic, indefensible, and we yelled about them at the time, uh, restrictions on doing stuff outdoors, like last spring and summer, those are gone. The rest of the world has caught on that they're just needless and useless and stupid. I hope you're so right. I'm hoping it's a better summer, especially for the but kids. But there ain't going to be a state fair. <clears throat> Not too crowded. There ain't going to be a 4th of July parade. No. Outdoor fireworks? I say yes. I'll bet they will have fireworks well, displays. You'll just be told to, to socially distance. Um, but so Japan is supposed to have the Olympics in the summer, which seemed easily doable last summer, and now it's starting to seem less doable, 80% of Japanese don't want the Olympics to, uh, to happen. 80%. Wow. So the home crowd, not real enthusiastic about it. You're going to have an opening ceremonies with a bunch of people kind of shuffling around. This sucks flipping off the camera. <laughs> I ain't waving no damn flag. I'm not doing no traditional damn dance. Here's a dance for you. Turn around and bury your ass. You want to see an ancient Japanese folk dance is what it looks like. <laughs> Both barrels. <laughs> But, lift up my kimono. Look at that, huh? Oh, and the reason I said and the gold medal for breakdancing goes to, because this was going to be the first Olympics where they had breakdancing and skateboarding. I think both as exhibition sports. It's The Olympics is so stuck in the past. They feel like they've got to ease these in. That, that the world just wouldn't be able to handle all of a sudden breakdancing being a metal sport and skateboarding being a metal sport. It's got to be an exhibition sport. And then maybe the next time the world will, will not be so jarred by the whatever. There's new shows on every other night just trying to come up with something to entertain us. You want to throw in breakdancing? Freaking go ahead. Make it you know a what? platinum medal. I don't care. Nobody you know cares. You know what they ought to do is the uh, like Ninja Warrior obstacle course yes. is an Olympic event. Oh. oh, you want high ratings? That'd be so much more highly rated than the decathlon. You take Ninja Warrior and make it an Olympic sport with the best people in the world? Yes. Holy cow, that'd be awesome. Anyhow. Put piranhas in the water. Yes. Oh, yeah. The ante. Yeah, the penalty for losing should be death. I agree with you. <laughs> and in a horrible fashion. And below <laughs> this balance beam, a cobra pit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Incorporate more deadly beasts into the sports. Your ski jumping over crocodiles. <laughs> and of course, anything but first place would have a gruesome death. I suppose polar bears would be more appropriate than crocodiles for the the ski jump. We're spitballing here. It's the Summer Olympics. They're not going to have ski jumps. Oh, right, right, right. right. Sorry, sorry. Um, (laughs) uh, Anyway. Exploding uh, hurdles? I don't know. So Japan's got a different way of handling the COVID. Last year, a Japanese amusement park asked roller coaster riders to scream inside your heart. (laughs) <laughs> when you're going down instead of out loud to try that's to... what i do every day when i wake up <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> if i eat a pepperoni pizza i scream inside my heart um at this year's tokyo olympics if spectators are allowed they're supposed to do the same scream inside their heart organizers released a playbook this week with rules explaining how the games can be selfie held spectators will be asked to clap instead of singing or chanting and athletes will be required to wear a mask at all times, except for when eating, drinking, or outside at least, at least six feet away from others. Well, if you're running the 100-meter dash, you're within six feet of somebody, at least at the starting Surely line. they don't mean during events. 
And in this, and then the hundred meters, the slowest time we've ever had in the Olympics, twenty-seven wow. seconds. <laughs> Marathon, fifteen hours. Yeah, <laughs> three dead. <laughs> Athletes will be uh, asked to avoid unnecessary forms of physical contact. That's the sex. You see, this is the saddest thing to me because I really do feel like every. Well, I guess it's two years because you got the summer and the winter. But this is this is prime human breeding grounds, right? You, you got your apex athletes of yeah. all sorts yeah. hanging out in Olympic Village. They just won golds and silver, right? They're 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 just peaking in all sorts of ways. And now we don't we don't get to get our future generations of athletes. <laughs> they're trying to avoid hugs, high fives, and handshakes. They won't be allowed to visit venues as spectators. Oh, wow, so you can't go. Oh, the basketball team can't go cheer on the track team. Oh, that's always so charming. Yeah. I did enjoy that. Athletes will be banned from visiting bars, restaurants, and tourist areas. Well, that'd be a lot less fun. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Thanks, China. Yeah. Japan should go to war with China over that. <laughs> that's controversial. Mm-hmm. Bit of a history there. Look it yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. So, did you do you answer the question of what ring you were going to wear, what finger you were going to wear a ring on? No, I didn't know. I was experimenting. Oh. What about a belly ring? Where was pink? <laughs> was pinky off the table? No. Was no, this during pinky a c- was on the table? Oh, yeah. it has to be. It does. Was, was okay. this during a cigar phase as well? Because uh, I've noticed wow. some overlay with that. Is this when you were wearing all the scarves? It was. <laughs> <laughs> It was my Steven Tyler Rivera Smith phase. <laughs> Actually, Sean, it wasn't far off a. Well, I can't remember. Uh, we when I lived in when we lived in the Carolinas, you could get what is a twenty five dollar cigar on the West Coast. Was at the time for you know seven dollars, and so I smoked some pretty good cigars. Liked it, but gave it up. Thought a pinky ring would be cool. Maybe some wastelets. Really completes the look. <laughs> a mustache, hairpiece. White shoes. I saw a video the other day with Slash, also one with Steve Earle, guitar players, where they were playing guitar and they had so many rings on their hands. Like one on practically each finger. Mm. Some dudes are really into that as like an expression of something. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not that fancy. I decided I'm not fancy. Mm. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. 